0: Good morning. Welcome to Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church's Sunday School Hour, Sunday School 43 minutes. We're so glad you could join us either uh, virtually or here in person. Today we're going to be in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 6, Acts chapter number 6, beginning at verse 8, and it goes down through Acts chapter 7 through two, and I think the book says A, the, the A clause of, of uh, verse two. Acts chapter six, we're going to begin at verse number eight. Um, let's pray. Uh, you're going to enjoy today's lesson. You're going to find out in today's lesson the reason you go to Sunday school. You're going to find out why you go and why you enjoy. Uh, you'll, you'll find that out just by, I know you said, well, I didn't think about that when I read it, but I'm telling you, This is my promise to you. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this day and for your abundant blessings, your mercy, and your grace. You've been good to us. Yes. Even when we had tough times this week, you were still good to us. Yes. Even when we didn't do what we were supposed to do this week, you've been good to us. Yes. Even when we were being disappointed this week, you've been good to us. Yes. Even when our money was funny and our change was strange, you were good to us us. We thank you, Father. And Father, despite everything that we're dealing with and going through, and we could give you, Father, a long list. We could go from A all the way to Z and in between. But this, Father God, we tell you now as we pray to you that we've made this decision, that this is the day the Lord has made. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. How can you rejoice with what's going on in your life? I choose to rejoice. How can you rejoice when things are upside down? We choose to rejoice. Father God, we thank you for giving us a joyful and joyous spirit. We thank you for having a mind to wanna come to church, a mind to wanna come to Sunday school, a mind to wanna hear and study your word. We don't know what all we're gonna deal with as the future unfolds, but we know we can rely and depend on you. Because you hold the very future in your hand. Oh, God, some of us this morning are dealing with health issues, and we pray for your healing. Even, God, as Bishop kicks off the cancer healing service today on the second Sunday in October, God, bless the service and bless the purpose, God, and heal those with cancer. Heal those with other diseases and conditions, God, like only you can. Be a Doctor to us in the sick room like only you can. Oh, God, we love you today because we know that if what our earthly house or this tabernacle be dissolved, we have another building, eternal in the heavens, whose builder and maker is God. We trust you all the way through the process. Now, God, we pray for those who are dealing with financial issues that you open up the window of heaven, pour them out a blessing. We pray, God, for those who are dealing with uh, uh, physical ailments, that you heal their bodies. We pray, God, those who are dealing with any kind of mental issues, God, that you regulate their minds and give them peace. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless Bishop Shields as he stands to preach and teach your word this morning. Bless us as we hear, listen, and understand, and obey. Oh, God, we love you for this Sunday school class. We love you for everybody connected to us, both in person and virtually. We praise you. We love you. We adore you. We lift you up. Now, God, you're already present with us. Make your presence known and manifested as we study your word. Open up our hearts, our ears, our minds, our understanding. Give us new understanding, new rhema word. In Jesus' precious name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> let me, if you don't mind, take a couple of minutes and sort of level set for you where we're going, because we've jumped now from uh, uh, our discussions of faith uh, for the last month or so, uh, and now we're headed sort of to another place. Uh, What's fascinating about the book of Acts is the book of Acts is authored by Luke, the same Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke. As a matter of fact, you will find that the book of Acts picks up where the Gospel of Luke ends at the ascension of Jesus Christ. Uh, I love Luke uh, for two reasons, uh, especially in in the Gospel of Luke, because he is very detailed. Uh, And because Luke was trained as a physician, uh, he's very detailed, and he gives some very critical insights, especially about physical ailments and disabilities, as Jesus went about healing people. But when it get to the book of Acts, I love Luke because uh, as a, in my profession as a lawyer, Luke spends a lot of time in Acts talking about courtroom battles, things that happen in court, about court. He spends a lot of time with that because Luke is trying to set up uh, this dichotomy between um, the Roman government and Christianity. Now other thing you find out about Acts is you're introduced to really uh, three kind of separate groups of people who are serving God. You have the apostles, or what we call the disciples, those who walk with Jesus, who are now executing the plan he left for them. To do what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel, but they started in Jerusalem. Why? Because on the day of Pentecost, that's where they were in the upper room. The birth of the church, with Luke as sort of the midwife, introduces us to what happened in the birthing room. Without Luke's account of what happened in the upper room, we wouldn't know. So Luke is our midwife observer. And Luke says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, what? They were all with one accord in one place. Holy Spirit came down, sat on each of them, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What Luke is trying to get us to, to understand is that the power that compelled and propelled the disciples to do the job Jesus had left them was by and through the Holy Ghost. Don't get scared of the word Holy Ghost. Don't think, oh, that's a sanctified church thing. No, no, no. It's the power of God unto salvation. So the Bible says, Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. You need the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor that. You just do. And you'll see that You'll see that clearly uh, in our teaching today. So let me hurry on with my introduction. So the Holy Spirit comes, and you see then Peter, who had denied Jesus, at a courtroom proceeding. Remember I told you Luke is always about court? Jesus was going to church. They marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. That's court. Peter could have testified on behalf of Jesus, but instead, as Jesus prophesied, Peter denied Jesus three times. All right? That same Peter, who had denied Jesus publicly, preaches the first post-Holy Spirit sermon. And the sermon is so powerful. Now remember, Peter is not trained as a preacher. He's trained as a fisherman. His first sermon, his trial sermon, as it were, was based on the Holy Spirit's indwelling, and 3,000 people got saved. Right. And the gospel began to spread and all of them, all the disciples, began to minister with an unusual power uh, because they were up against a cultural backlash. Those in the Roman Empire and those particularly at Jerusalem had no use for Christians. They tolerated the Jews because they had a system set up. The Jews were here. The Romans were here, but they didn't like this Christianity business because to serve Jesus meant you had to kick Caesar off the throne. Caesar at the top of the Roman government, but when we serve Christ, we don't serve Caesar problem so they're, they're, they're irritated with them. The other thing's going on culturally is there are people at Jerusalem. If you go back when you get a minute, go back and look at Acts two and see the different places from where all the people came who were at Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit came. There were people from throughout the Roman Empire who came to Jerusalem because they were Jews. You will tell from looking at the list that some of these people could not have been born Jews because they weren't born in Israel. So they were converted to Judaism. They heard about Jesus or they heard about the one God and they converted to Judaism. But they were unfamiliar with Judaism and all of its components because it's a complicated religion that's based on ritual. Until Jesus came. The Jews who became Christians tried to drag with them that old stuff. They tried to drag with them that, you know, the women got to sit on one side of the church and the men got to sit on another side. And the men can preach, but the women can't. And, and you can't and you got to put something on your head when you go to church and you can't wear makeup. All of that stuff, like things like that, they tried to drag with them into Christianity. Except it's not required because Jesus said in me, I fulfill all the law and the prophets. The other cultural thing going on was that some of them were influenced by Greek culture. Now, the Greeks were the leading cultural influence of the day with the Romans. But Greek culture was very soulish and very fleshly and very carnal. And the Greeks were, uh, uh, at the, before, before you converted to Christianity, the Greeks had multiple gods. You've heard about Hercules and Zeus and Apollo and Athena, all those people. That cultural mixture also came into the church. So you got a Greek leaning, thinking kind of people who are converted to Christianity. But their conversion to Christianity came through a Jew who's hooked to old tradition. So when the church began, you got a happy-go-lucky crowd of very different people all mixed up in the gumbo. So you're trying to preach and teach and minister to people who really have different perspectives. That's what happens here. So let me back up a minute and introduce you to to, to the subject of our lesson because the real purpose of, of what the devil always wants to do when the church is either starting or started or, or going forward, he wants to divide and conquer. Remember this. Don't tell anybody I told you this. The devil has no new tricks. Everything he does is everything he's always does. He has no new tricks. He runs the same place, the same time, and you can figure it out if you study him, right? So watch this. Look what the devil does. The work of Jesus Christ is going forward in the kingdom. All throughout Jerusalem, Judea, like they were told to do. Now, watch what happens. Remember now the church is new. The church is in its embryonic stages. There's no structure. There's no we don't have any hymn books. We don't have Bible study. We don't have church. We don't have any buildings. It's, it's all it's very haphazard. So those who are committed are truly committed because they are considered outsiders. They're not part of the traditional church. OK, watch what happens in chapter six. I got to go back a little bit before I get down to eight, because now. The disciples are trying to do what Jesus said, and you got a bunch of people who showed up. They don't know. They don't know enough about Christ because it's only sixty or seventy years old. Christianity, at this point, and they don't know anything of Judaism because they're not Jews. And the Jews who did know want to hold on to that Ju- judo Ju- judaistic uh, thinking and theology. All right, because they think it's superior. Right. All right. So, look at verse six, chapter one, verse one, chapter six. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, their words a, arose a murmuring among the Grecians. See that? Against the Hebrews. You, you, see, you see the devil? Because their widows were neglected in the daily administration. Now, what did, what did the devil do in the Garden of Eden? Divide and conquer. Went to Eve and said, did God say? Eve went to Adam and said, I don't know if I really, with this God thing, I want to live forever. So the devil gets in to the first church. He gets into the first church. They just got baptized in the Holy Spirit two days ago. And they are mad because those who are Greeks. Remember, I told you we got this gumbo said, hey, disciples, when y'all are out ministry, when Elder Way and and, and Pastor Love are out giving out communion, they don't go. To the south side. They hang around in Decatur and Tucker and up around in there. And that's wrong. And so they said, we got a problem with that. I used to go to when I grew up in the country, we used to have church conferences. You can get cut at a church conference. (laughs) Cut. Because people come in and mad about stuff. Oh, Lord have mercy. They'll change the color of the carpet. Oh, my God. The, the choir was supposed to be blue on Sunday, and they were orange. Oh, my God. And pastor had a woman in the tree. And, you know, I mean, people, they want to cut you. Same thing here. Nothing new. So they, that became a problem. And then the 12 disciples, and I, as I read this, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm no, no scholar, but there's a little bit of arrogance here as well because the disciples say, well, I hear you, and you need all that, but we're supposed to be preaching and praying and, 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 and fasting. And we don't want to serve tables. Jesus was what? All about service. So they said, well, I'll tell you what y'all do. Pick some people and we'll let them do it because we need to be about service. Now watch what they do. They said, look among you, verse 3, and, and seven men, watch the, the criteria, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And we'll appoint them over this business. Now, drop down and you'll see about the subject of our, our lesson today. And, and notice, by, by the way, verse 4 a little bit. Again, there's a little tinge of arrogance here. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The problem with that is if you just do that, then you're not evangelizing. Now, the ministry of the word, you can't minister unless you minister to people. And you can't minister to people unless you go out. Disciples. the Disciples were saying, but that's all we want to do, right? Because we are a little bit elevated. Why? Because we walk with the Lord. Now watch what happens. That, that was a, that, somebody made a motion. Somebody had a second. Y'all been to those kind of meetings? And, 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 and they chose, verse five, Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and watch this, and Philip and Portorius and Nicochor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a prophetite of Antioch. Here's what's interesting about that group. All of them are Greeks. You see how segregation kind of slipped into the church early? They're all Greeks to serve Greeks. Because who was complaining? The Grecians. So they say, Here, Here's some Greek boys, let them do it. Alright? All of these are Greeks. Now, um, uh, and, and, and then the apostles laid hands on them and, 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 and anointed them and so said they could go out. Now, watch this, because just because somebody laid their hands on you doesn't make you anointed. Just because somebody laid their hands on you doesn't make you anointed. The Bible says at, at, at another point, let no, lay, lay hands on no man suddenly. All right? So, what happens? You have to have some evidence. Because I call you anointed, it doesn't make you anointed. Now watch what happens. They chose the right people. How do we know? The word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Don't miss that last verse because now these new people were able to do something that the disciples weren't able to do. The new guys were able to convince the priests. The only people who are priests right now are Judy, Judy, Judaism priests, Jews. They convinced some of them to convert to Christ. That's a big deal because you have to renounce Judaism. And when you renounce Judaism, you are unemployed. You are about to lose your job. You are about to lose your job. That's what happens if you say, I am now converted to Christianity. So this was a big deal. That's how you know they were effective. Because just because I make you a deacon, because I make you a, 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 a kind of lay hand, the main thing—the evidence is in your work. Some people get titles and rest on their laurels, but you got to go out and do the work of ministry. Now we come to our the service of our list. And I hope that background helps you. Uh, and, and notice something too in, in in verse three about these qualifications of these people. They had to be male. They had to be believers. They had to be reputable, they had to be spiritual, and they had to be wise. All of that is important. Now, because, um, now now I'm going to explain to you why you come to Sunday school and why it's so impressive that you do. Here it is in verse 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Stop. Stephen is not an apostle. Stephen is not a preacher. Stephen is not an evangelist. Stephen has no title. He was picked to serve, but look what he did. He he acted as a servant, but he was full of faith and power. Y'all, the reason y'all come to Sunday school is to get full of faith and power. You are just like Stephen. Stephen. Don't let anybody trick you into thinking that you have to have a title or have your collar turned around backwards in order for you to evangelize and bring people to Christ. All of you are just as qualified as a person up here. You all have the gospel of Jesus Christ, and every chance you get, you ought to be spreading it. That's why you come to Sunday school, because you're getting full of wisdom. You don't know because sometimes you don't exercise it. You don't talk about it. You, you you talk about it in here, but t- take. And I'm not telling you all to push yourself on anybody. I'm not getting you to try to get you to get up early on Saturday mornings and knock on people's doors. Please don't knock on mine. Um, uh, but I'm just telling you when the chance arises, you are qualified. Touching neighbor, and say I'm qualified. Why? You know the word. You're full of faith and wisdom, and what you don't know is you are also full of power. Yeah, each of you. Don't let people have you thinking that there's some hierarchy in the church. Oh, I can't do so. No. All of us have the same exact job description. Different titles, same job description. Now watch this. Look what Stephen did. He did great wonders. Look at Stephen. And he's a Sunday school member. He's out doing wonders. and ma- Stephen. He didn't walk with Jesus, right? He's not an apostle, right? He hadn't written any books of the Bible, but he was doing miracles among the people. Stephen says, I will, I'm glad to serve. I want people to do better, feel better. So Stephen's a bad man, just like you can be, just like you are. So watch what happens. Now, he's, he, he's, he's, all he's doing is what he was hired to do. If a man hires you to do a job, do the job that you... Oh, I heard somebody said it. You hired to. Oh, word out. But um, Stephen is just out doing a job. He's not bothering anybody. He's not downtown with a sign. Jesus only. He's not doing any of that. Watch what happens now. Then there arose certain of the synagogue... Uh-oh. We've been talking before now about outside ministry. Going to the people's. Stephen and others said, I'm not going to quit going to my synagogue or to the synagogue just because I'm a Christian. I'm going to talk about it in there. Who does that remind you of? The Lord Jesus. He did a lot of itinerant ministry. Jesus did. But every Saturday, he stopped by the synagogue and preached the same sermon. That's what got him in trouble. He was healing on the Sabbath. What are you doing? He was talking in the synagogue. What are you doing? So Stephen said, I'm not scared. The gospel is the gospel. So Stephen said, uh, and, and notice now where he ended up, because this will bless you. It's not even February. Watch this. He, <laughs> he, he there arose certain of the synagogue. What synagogue, Luke? Of the Libertines. What's that about, Luke? They were Cretans. Where is Crete? It's in, I mean, Cyrene. It is in Africa. And Alexandria. Where is the seat of Alexandria? It's in Egypt. Where is Egypt? Africa. I'm not talking about black versus white. I'm telling you these are African people. Who have converted to Judaism. And now have their own synagogue. So when people try to tell you. That we were never included. And that we weren't thought about and some sort of ham curse, the only curse of ham is that I eat too much of it. That's the only ham curse I know about that matters. They're lying to you. You've always been included from the beginning. The first person to ever get the blood of Jesus applied to them was a black man. Simon of Cyrene had to carry Jesus's cross up the hill. And if Jesus's back was bloody from being beaten, And that cross had rested on his back. And then if Simon got under that cross and carried it, some of Jesus' blood had to get on Simon. So the first person to whom the blood, oh, y'all going to make me. (laughs) So you have these Africans. And then he says, them of Cilicia and of Asia disputing with Stephen. And and, and that, that, that Cilicia is where Paul was from. Paul's synagogue is likely in the city. They all came to Jerusalem, went to this synagogue that was set aside. And notice, it's set aside for those who used to be slaves and their descendants. It's not even February, y'all. Ain't this good? They are there, but they're segregated. They have their own synagogue. You know why? They're former slaves, but they have their own synagogue. And Stephen, for whatever reason, because he's Greek and Greek speaking. And you know the, the New Testament what? Written in Greek. He's Greek speaking. He goes into this synagogue where these former slaves are to preach the gospel. And they say, boy, you lost your mind. Now watch. Uh, he went in and the Bible says, I love this word. They were disputing with Stephen. Here's a problem about disputing with Stephen He's full of power and grace. See, I can argue with you out of my own understanding and intellect. And you can argue with me out of your own understanding and intellect. And we can have a debate. But if I begin to make points to you based on the Bible, and I can back it up with the Bible, your intellect and your understanding is meaningless. So is mine. I'm just not my stuff it's the Bible's so you don't have to argue with people about your your, your, your your thinking you just use the word again that's why you come to Sunday school so you don't have to have people to twist you all up you say well here's what the word says if I can't find it in the word or a reasonable uh, reference in the word then, I'm, then my answer is I don't believe you because everything I'm talking to you about is in the word Right when I tell you something it's in the word, so watch what happens now. Uh, they they I, and I don't think, and this is me. I don't believe that Stephen won the debate because he was a great debater. Any more than I don't believe people were persuaded by the gospel of Saul, who's now Paul. We'll find later because Paul was of, of, of short stature and wasn't a powerful speaker. He one time he's so bored a man went to sleep and fell out of the church almost died. I think it's because of the power he exuded through the Holy Spirit. I'm saying that because you all who are in Sunday school, you don't have to be a great preacher, a great teacher. You just talk about Jesus and him crucified, risen again, and coming back. But this is not based on debate ability. Who can talk the loudest? Who's got the, the largest budget for the biggest number of ads? No, no. He's full of the Holy Ghost and power. You can't win. What the rabbi like used to say, you can't lose. The stuff I use, he you can. They can. Now these people, who are here, are steeped in religion, steeped in tradition. They know all the synagogue rules, and I can imagine what this debate must have been about. They were like, but you don't observe the six hundred and thirty rules of Judaism. Stephen said, but I don't have to because Jesus nailed that to the cross. And they said, but you believe that a man got up from the dead. And Stephen said, no, I don't believe it. I know it because he was seen by 500, then by another 500. Then he showed up in the upper room. I'm telling you what the evidence is. Remember, a looks, uh, looks like, like law. And they were like, we can't, we can't beat this man. Now watch this. Watch this. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and spirit by which he spake. Now, that, that word resist means they couldn't really argue with it and so they had a dilemma what's the dilemma? I gotta get saved or I gotta get Stephen. and because I'm arrogant and because I know everything and I'm an egomaniac and I think I'm superior I'm gonna choose the latter I'm just gonna start acting a fool because I got beat in the debate now watch what happens then and I love that word then Then they suborned men, that's a legal word, which which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. I thought Stephen was full of wisdom and grace. So that's a lie. Because he couldn't have done that. Right? Now watch what what happened. Suborned means that you go out and, 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 and hire somebody. Uh, to tell a lie We call it in, in the law Suborning perjury You can pay for it You make people have false accusations And remember this, this whole suborning perjury The Bible As I, you, know, you all have heard me say in this class before um, Has to be consistent And so you remember Je- uh, Jezebel found two false witnesses To, to, to testify against Nabar Because they wanted the, the, the vineyard You remember Jeremiah faced false accusations From his contemporaries, you remember that Matthew records how the religious leaders went out and got people to lie against Jesus. You remember that? And even after he was, uh, uh, even after he died and was resurrected, they said, we will say that his disciples stole his body. And they paid him to say that. So this is not new. The devil has no new cards. Right? All right. So so watch this now. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing to be accused of the same thing Jesus was accused of. Here's what happened. Here's the facts. They accused him of saying Jesus was greater than Moses. He did say that because Jesus was. They accused him of saying Jesus was God. He did say that because he was. They accused him of saying Jesus was greater than the temple. He said that because he was. They accused him of saying Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. That's blasphemous words against the law. But guess what? He was. Then they accused him of saying that, that Jesus was greater than their religious customs and traditions. Because Jesus said, if you, if you uh, uh, kill his body, three days later I'll raise it back up. They're all confused about that. And so Stephen taught what they said he taught. But they twisted his words. And by the way, whenever you go into one of these kinds of things, uh, these debates or these uh, accusatory uh, panels, uh, you are guilty until proven innocent. Under our system, you are innocent until proven guilty. But under their system, you come in guilty, as Jesus did. You got to be proved innocent. If you go back and look at the trials of Jesus, there's nothing that they put up. That should have convicted him or condemned him, but they did it anyhow because the system is rigged and fixed. All right? Let's hurry on. Now watch this because this will bless your life. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the camp. They arrested him and took him to court. And this council here is the Sanhedrin. The same council who heard Jesus. The highest court in the land for Jews. Which is funny to me that they brought a non-Jew before a Jewish council. What, 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 what y'all care? Right? Say, well, you're speaking against Judaism. Okay. I'm, I'm good. But you brought me in here and watched me win. Now watch this. Then what they did was they set up false witnesses, which, which said, This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. Wait a minute, y'all. This man came in and criticized our church. He criticized the building. He said, basically, and y'all know this is wrong, that we got the piano in the wrong place. I make a motion and we put him out of the church. He came in here and said that women ought to be able to pray publicly. Y'all know that was a big problem for a long time. When I was growing up, they put that chair out, a woman better not go up there and grab that chair. We get put out in the church. Stuff like that, majoring on the minors, impedes the cause of Christ. Jesus never stopped any woman from spreading the gospel, never. Don't you think that woman that was cured from the issue of blood, became an evangelist? What do you think she said every time she gets, child, you ain't gonna believe what happened? <laughs> Girl, I was downtown and I touched you. I ain't said, you, you're not sick. I've been know you. We've been sick for a long time. I ain't sick. Don't you think Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons, didn't go around town saying, I, I gotta tell you something. Before we talk about the stories, before we talk about married to medicine, before we talk about the housewives of land, let me tell you this: I don't have those demons anymore, child. How'd it happen, Mary? Matt, I met this man named Jesus. Don't you think? <laughs> don't you think that 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 that, that quadruple uh, married woman at the well? Don't you think she went back to town and said, "I got. I'm gonna send you. You're at home. I'm gonna send you a text." Yeah. Jesus is Lord, yeah. not you. You a hustling, might be, but I'm saved. I'm a saved hustling, cause meant. So all this stuff about the building and the traditions, all of that, nothing's new, y'all. That is why you are sitting in a church that's 99.95% African American, and three miles from here, there's another church that's 99.9% not African American. That's why you have Methodists and Baptists and Catholics and all this division. It's of the devil. It's been since the Bible. We are divided about the wrong stuff, so the cause of Christ can't go forward. Because as soon as it does, somebody points out, "Well, y'all not together, though." Dr. King said, "The most segregated hour in America is eleven o'clock on Sunday." He was right. He said that in 1963. That was the accusation. And they set up false witnesses to tell these lies. And and, and these people came in, they're willing to take money to tell a lie. Uh, Money-motivated churches never last. You can't go for 150 years like Hopewell and be a money-motivated church. Most money-motivated churches disintegrate. Check the history. This, this, this money business will get you in a lot of trouble. The Jewish people knew that if the people started saying, hey, my life, my existence, my very salvation is not dependent on the word of a man, they were going to be in trouble. Because that's the kind of motivation to make people give more. If you think some man has your plight in his hand, your fate, they don't. No, and no woman, for that matter. They don't. Stephen said, "Y'all hadn't said anything about my character. I don't steal. I don't have these multiple wives. I don't. Uh, uh, I'm not violent like Peter. <laughs> you know, Peter got a record, cut folks' ear off. I, I'm not any of that. You upset with me because I teach, because I'm teaching about Jesus the Christ. Now watch this." And then they lied and said, he ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place. And I love how people try to pretend they're holy. This holy place. Right? They try to sneak in this sort of uh, reputational damage by saying, well, he's really against the church. He really wasn't against the church. He really wasn't really speaking against Judaism. He's just saying Jesus fulfilled it. They missed it. Now watch this. For we've heard him say... That this Jesus of Nazareth, I like that, that this, as if Jesus is not the Christ, but is some normal, random guy. That this Jesus of Nazareth. And notice how they threw Nazareth in. Why? Because, again, it's reputational damage. The Bible says that somebody said one time, what good can come out of Nazareth? They, they wanted to reduce Jesus because of where he was from. Right? This Jesus of Nazareth had he been Jesus whose daddy was a prince whose daddy was a king they might have believed it but because he came from humble beginnings like some of us in here it doesn't change the fact that you know the gospel this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us now listen to this y'all because this will tell you how dumb dumb can be why would you be worried about a dead man messing with the church Y'all say he's dead. Y'all say he didn't get up. Y'all said he wasn't resurrected. Y'all said he wasn't the Christ. Y'all said he wasn't the son of God. Why are you worried about him? What difference does it make what a dead man said? Because they knew in their hearts that Jesus was the son of God. He's proven it by every measure of proof you can come up with. That's why they're worried about it. And, 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 and he says, uh, shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Well remember now, Stephen's already told y'all the problem with that is Jesus is superior to Moses. Moses stuff was incomplete was incomplete. And by the way, y'all, Moses never made it to the promised land. Because Moses got mad and, and that wouldn't couldn't do it. Couldn't couldn't go in. Now watch. So, cause this this will this will this, this will further help you. Now watch this. <clears throat> Excuse me. He doesn't speak he, he ceases not. Um I'll go back 13. Uh, Against his holy place and the law. The reason they, so their fallback position was he's teaching against the law because the law had certain traditions which led to money, which led to power. And Jesus was all the law fulfilled. You don't have to observe any of the Jewish customs. What, what, What they're basically saying is he's attacking us at the essence of our racial identity. Our racial identity is tied to the fact that as Jews, we, uh, we, we follow strictly a certain set of laws and guidelines. It's not spirit-based. It's work-based. I'm a Jew because I was born a Jew, and I do the thing. And here's the other thing that's bugging them, is Stephen wasn't even born a Jew. He's Greek. What he what is he even doing up in our church? I want to make a motion. <laughs> but Pastor, I move. Stephen don't get to talk anymore. <laughs> Second. All in favor? That's tough. This law business, be careful when people try to beat you up with tradition and laws. Because for the most part, it's normally not anything that's edifying. It's just a rule. Now watch this. Um did I yeah, okay. Question. And all that sat in the council, remember that we're in court, looking steadfastly on him, on Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Hold on. Stephen has not put on his defense yet. He's just listening. Stephen is sitting over there as if. He's completely innocent. You know why? Because he's completely innocent. So Stephen says, talk about me much as you please. More <laughs> you talk, I'm well, bend my knee. I'm not scared of y'all. It's just as if he were an angel. Don't, don't think that's like the little pictures you see that came out of Italy of the little cherub. That, that they're not talking about him. He's not doing that. He's just sitting there saying, you hadn't said anything yet that's got me worried. In other words, Stephen's face looked just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's face. Stephen's face looked just like Daniel's face. Stephen's face looked just like the Lord Jesus' face. I'm not worried about y'all. You don't scare me. Come on with it. Say what you want to say. Bring these people in here who smile in my face and all the time they want to take my place. Y'all remember that great gospel group, the OJs? It's a bunch of backstabbers. Right. Listen, y'all, you don't have to, when people falsely accuse you based on your faith, you don't have to bar your face up and roll your neck and roll your eyes and let, let me know when you finish because, yeah, you finish, because I'm, a like, okay. I'm not the bit concerned about this trumped-up kangaroo court. I answer to a higher authority. I answer to a higher judge. And I answer to a different jury. Whatever y'all want to say, just say. So this probably threw them off, because people can't stand it when you're calm in the face of conflict. You want to drive the devil crazy. If you come in the face of conflict, it'll mess up. Last verse, or last part A. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. That's where the lesson stops. So the high priest, the the, the 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 chief justice of the Supreme Court, says, I'm gonna give you a chance to defend yourself. Y'all know the devil's so stupid. You're better off just convicting him now. Don't let him put a defense up. Tell how dumb the devil is. The devil put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head, right? Pressed it down so it would, and the the thorns were four inches deep. So what you wanted to do is touch your brain if you can. It's not just on the head, they wanted to touch the brain so you get brain damage. The devil beat Jesus' back. The devil nailed his hands. The devil nailed his feet. But he didn't muzzle him. See how stupid Jesus could still talk. And from the cross, Jesus gets involved in evangelism. He's dying. Gets a man saved on the cross. He appoints somebody as their minister of his estate, John. He tells the people who are killing him, I pardon you. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he says, y'all have done all y'all can do to me. Father, Into thy hands. I commend my spirit. Y'all didn't win. I won. All of you in Sunday school, listening and present, have the same power, authority, and ability of Stephen. Touch your neighbor and say, watch me go to work. work. See y'all next week.